Hello, welcome back to another episode of Not All Who Wander Are Lost. I'm Jay Cook. I'll be your host. I'm not an astrologer. I'm the astrologer. If you'd like to get in touch with me, you can always find me through facebook.com slash J-S-U-N astrology. That's facebook.com slash J-S-U-N astrology. That's all one word. You can also look up JSUN Astrology on Instagram, JSUN Astrology, all one word on Twitter. Um, you can find me on uh, YouTube as well. With that being said, today we are continuing with our holistic astrology. We are moving on now to episode four, to part four of this series, where we are going to start talking about the elements. So instead of talking about each element, because instead of talking about all of them in general, now I think it's important that we break down each element into into their own segment, because there's just too much to do when it comes to breaking down every single element together. And then I feel like a lot will get lost in translation. So. I won't be talking today about Leo or Sagittarius, but today we will be talking about Aries, a fire sign. And we'll be talking about the cell salts. The cell salts are different inorganic compounds. There being 12 of them as linked with the 12 signs of the zodiac. And each cell salt nourishing a different sign, or rather, each sign of the zodiac needing a particular cell salt, which corresponds with it, um, more so than the other cell salts, because it naturally has a, tends to use more of that cell salt, where their sun sign happens to be. So, what does all this mean? So, a cell salt like I said, is an inorganic compound. We have organic and inorganic compounds. So, the inorganic compounds combine with the or, or unite with the organic compounds to form new compounds. This is biochemistry, right? And these cell salts are tissue builders. So you got cells, cells combine to form tissues, tissues combine to form organs, organs combine to form organ systems, and then organ systems combine to form an organism, which is a human being. So understanding that these cell salts are vital to our health, and they're contained in the food that we eat, and then ultimately, you know, understanding that certain signs will be deficient in certain cell salts and understanding that they will need inevitably need more. So Aries, we're only going to be talking about Aries, and we're only going to be talking about caliphosphate. So the cell salt caliphosphate. So the mineral salts, as they're called, also by George Washington Carey, in some of his writings... And in particular, the relation of the mineral salts of the body to the signs of the zodiac. He equates 
caliphosphate, the mineral salt, with Aries. Aries rules in astrology the head or the brain of man. So each sign in astrology, you may or may not know, is linked to a different part of the body. So just to keep it simple, Aries, you should know, is the first sign of the zodiac, and the first thing to form in the womb would be the head, the brain, and the skull. And so the skull in and of itself is, I believe as life as Levi said, you know, subject to the influence of the celestial spheres in an absolute way. So, so because it's the first, first thing to form when we are in the womb, because it's the first part of us, you know, a part that's very much connected with our spirit and our divinity and our brain being such an important piece to our organism. And Aries ruling the head of the brain makes caliphosphate, the mineral salt, very important. So what does this have to do with the elements? Well, first it's important to understand how different signs, each different sign, could need something different. So in this case, one of 12 cell salts. And it could need more of a dosage of caliphosphate if you're an Aries than every other sign. You may have more of a deficiency naturally due to the sun's presence in that area of your chart. So, some things about caliphosphate. It is the greatest healing agent known to man. And the reason for this is because it is the chemical base of material expression and understanding. And... Obviously, like I said, it's the especial birth salt of Aries. Or people born between March 21st and April 19th. So what goes on with these cell salts? How, what if you are an Aries? What if you want to take some cell salts or some, you need more caliphosphate? Maybe you're having some trouble. Maybe you get lots of headaches because you're an Aries or, you know, maybe you get migraines. Maybe it could be due to a lack of this cell salt. I would urge you to investigate. Do your own investigation or contact an astrologer or somebody to figure out if that might be the case for you. And then it can't hurt to try their, their natural compounds found in our food. These mineral salts are natural and organic compounds. So here it is. How they get cell salts in supplemented form is they triturate them and they put them with a bit of like lactose milk so that you can digest it. For some reason, it it won't assimilate without being paired. As some of you who might study homeopathic medicine might know and understand. I am not an expert in, in homeopathic medicine. I have read stuff about homeopathic medicine. Um, I understand a good amount of the process, and part of that process is trituration. So it's important to understand that if you're going to supplement any of the 12 cell cells of the zodiac, then trituration is going to be a part of that process. Even if you go on Amazon, 
and you order up caliphosphate from, you know, as a supplement on Amazon, or you order up, uh, you know, a supplementation of the 12 cell salts, the 12 mineral salts, then it will say on it that they have been triturated. So what does that mean? What, what, what is this trituration stuff? Well, trituration is coming from the minimal principle of Maupertuis and Allaire. So these were, I believe, Swiss doctors. And so that principle, the minimum principle, comes from these doctors, and it is from a tendency in nature to achieve the greatest possible effect through the smallest possible means. And they achieve the greatest effect through the smallest possible means by the process of potentization of the drug. And then later dilution. So they potentize the drug to increase the surface. That's the trituration, the shaking, usually done with like a mortar and a pestle or something. What this does is it increases the surface level so when, you know, all these triturations are supposedly able to increase the surface level of something that was once only covering a smaller amount, or let's say it only covered half uh, of the surface of, you know, 100 centimeters. It was 50 centimeters. Then, like, you triturate it, and now it covers the surface of 300 centimeters. I mean... Like I said, I understand the process. I don't know the measurements and all that stuff. I do not triturate my own drugs here at the house. But it's just a good to have an understanding of what that's like. What sort of, what the basis and the, you know, what the reasoning is behind everything and the science behind it. So that you understand its validity. And you also understand that, you know, people aren't just making this shit up, that there's real science. And if you want, you can go read it. I just gave you a book that you can go and look up. Relation of the Mineral Salts of the Body to the Signs of the Zodiac. George Washington Carey. Anyways, so now, what's this have to do with the balance of excess fire? Okay, or to balance, how to balance out a lack of fire? So, well, we also have to understand some other things about Aries. So, Aries is a fire sign, all right, is related to the optic thalamus, which means light of the chamber. So, the optic thalamus in and of itself is the Aries planet, even though Mars rules Aries. Uh, George Washington Carey says, the optic thalamus in the brain. It is the third eye, and it is the Aries planet. So the reason behind I say that is, and that that was said, was because a while ago, people, I guess, ancient astrologers, were debating whether there was going to be another planet that would come in to rule the head the brain of man, the great man. So 
the planet already is inside of you because astrology, the sky, is also a map of the body. And Aries corresponding to the head corresponds to the optic thalamus and it means light of the chamber, the third eye. So it lifts up the initiate from the kingdom of earth, the animal desire below the solar plexus. So it lifts up this person to the penile gland, the penile gland, that connects the cerebellum, Sarah Abram, cerebellum, the temple of the spiritual ego, the third eye. So the third eye, the light of the chamber. So this regenerative process of this lifting up out of the solar plexus, right, the optic thalamus, lifting us up out of the solar plexus, which is the earth, the kingdom of the earth, right, shifts the sight to the eye of spiritual understanding. So we go from a base understanding on an instinctual animalistic level, an earthly level, and then through this process, right, the initiate is lifted up and into the third eye where we get spiritual understanding. Now what's weird is it says the animal desire below the solar plexus. So the animal desire below the solar plexus, they say if you want to get healthier, you should eat carrots. Well, carrots are obviously orange. Orange would be your sacral chakra, the one right below the solar plexus. And orange carrots, if you're eating for your chakras, you would eat the color orange to nourish the orange chakra. But at the same time, Carrots have a knack for healing the eyes. And then you have caliphosphate, and you have the optic thalamus lifting any, the person up or an initiate up, somebody who's seeking, going after this knowledge in this case. So it would lift them up from the desire below the solar plexus. So there's a connection there. And I think connections are very important when you can connect something like carrots below the solar plexus, the color orange, to the sacral chakra, and it also enhancing the eyes, it, you can start to see the connection, the sort of alchemy going on. And then in um, alchemy, you have Mars is the wolf, and the sun, the Mars is really the sun bef before it becomes transformed. And it's turned into alchemical gold. It's just base instinct. Um, Mars is a healthy form of ourself. And so in alchemy, it's not killed. Its hands are cut off and it's put into an alembic. And the, the bleeding hands are put into an alembic. And then Mars is transformed into the sun. But it's good to note that Mars is not killed. It's transformed that the optic thalamus does not get rid of the animal parts of ourselves, the desire below the solar plexus, but it does lift us up into the spiritual, into our third eye, the spiritual eye of understanding. So, with that all being said, 
Aries being a fire sign, Aries being pioneering, Aries being a leader, Aries being a go-getter, but not necessarily filled with too much of a, a strict purpose. You know, it's exploring its potency, which it has a lot of, a lot of vitality, fire. But it's not necessarily linked towards one direction or, or not really that organized. So let's get into the element that rules this first sign of the zodiac. And then let's discuss its excesses and let's discuss its lacks and not really the symptoms of those, but really how to heal those because we had already discussed the symptoms in a more general podcast, two podcasts ago. So, if you have excess fire, here's what you could try. You could try cooling foods. You could try to swim or bathe, take a shower. You could, you know, use gemstones. So, aventurine, green calcite, malachite, aquamarine, emerald, green garnet. You could also try flower remedies if you have an excess of fire. Chamomile would be good to calm, you know, very emotional states, overly emotional people. So if you're finding yourself overly emotional, chamomile would be a good flower remedy. If you're finding yourself to be too blown up with the symptoms of having excess fire, then you could try cooling colors, and then the stones that correspond to those colors, like aquamarine and emerald, aventurine and green calcite, so greens and blues, cooling colors. In Chinese medicine, it's good to know that Chinese medicine works with the kidneys, which is a water organ to balance excess fire. So I think it's important to remember here that This podcast gives you a lot of good information, and then from that, we expand off of that information, you know, from podcast to podcast, and then to go even deeper, you know, you can, you know, the listener is always, you know, more than capable of going to doing their own research, or you can always ask me a question, or asked me to do some research. I have an extensive library here. And I'm always trying to read more. So it's, it's just good to know that, you know, there's a lot of information and that this isn't it. But it's, a, it's good to have a base understanding as you begin to dive deeper. It's good to know that there are other factors involved in things you may be experiencing that are not factors that have met the eye because there's stuff that you'd only really consciously be aware of if you had your astrological chart in your hand. Things you would only understand about yourself. You know, maybe you have an inclination towards becoming overly emotional or towards, you know, rage which would be some overblown excess of fire. 
And then you've been trying to do some things, but maybe you wear a lot of red. I mean, sometimes the simple answer is the answer, but maybe not. Maybe you try to wear a lot of colors, a lot of cool colors, because you have a large temper. Maybe you are aware of that solution to your problem, but it hasn't really been working. Well, now I just told you that Chinese medicine works with the kidneys, a water organ to balance excess fire. Now, am I an expert on Chinese medicine? No. But is that a solution? Maybe. Might be worth ordering a book. It might be worth looking up on Google for free some information about that. How does Chinese medicine balance excess fire? It might be good looking back at the podcast, asking me to do some research. You know, texting me uh, through Facebook Messenger. Might be good to get your own astrological chart done so you know if this is even true. What might be causing it? Are you a Leo? Are you a Pisces? You just have a lot of planets in Aries? Maybe this is why? I mean, these are all good things to start to think about. And then, obviously, if you really got a, you know, a lot of anger or if you really got a lot of rage, let's say, you really have something overblown like that, then, you know, try, you know, swimming, wearing cool colors, and then combining it with some chamomile to calm your overly emotional states, it might be good to combine more than one remedy. So don't box yourself in. Take the information here. If you're, if you're in Aries, maybe you want to try the self salts. Maybe you want to order some off of Amazon or something. Maybe you want to find people who, who uh, you know, who make this product, who make the supplement, and figure out how you can, you can supplement yourself. And that goes for any of the other 12 signs. Aries, Gemini, Taurus, Cancer, Leo, Virgo, etc., etc. You know, maybe you want to supplement... And you want to try all these different techniques, but, you know, maybe you have a hunch and, you know, use your intuition. What feels best? You know, if I said something and it was like, yeah, that might feel good. Like, well, maybe you should listen to that. Maybe that's your intuition telling you something. Maybe that's your, if you're an Aries, maybe that's your impulse. Impulse is action beyond logical explanation. You just take instinctual action. And it's, really, it's actually something that's good for an Aries to do, to just get involved. Impulsive actions are pretty good for an Aries. I mean, we don't know what the rest of the chart looks like. Just speaking in general, might not be as great for you. Maybe you're an Aries with, you know, with lots of Virgo. Maybe impulsive action is not the best idea all the time. But who knows? Who knows until we look at your individual chart and check things out. So, if you lack fire, okay, you might try doing aerobic type exercises, right? You want to you want to strengthen your heart. You want to strengthen your circulatory system. Um, you might want to do some outside outdoor activities. 
You might want to go running. You might want to go hiking. You know, you should try some, some spices like cayenne pepper. You might want to try some cinnamon. You can make herbal teas like ginger and peppermint to stimulate that digestion because you lack that fire. Fire has to do with the body, the heat, and digestion. Um, You might want to wear colors like reds, oranges. So when you had an excess fire, it was blues, greens. Now it's reds, oranges. And then for the gemstones, you could try bloodstone, ruby, some topaz. And then as far as flower remedies are concerned, Marsha Stark gives some good flower remedies in her book. Uh, healing with astrology and she says that if you have a lack of fire then some good flower remedies would be Indian paintbrush never heard of it scarlet monkey flower that would be good black pepper, basil and cinnamon as aromas so yeah as far as the Chinese medicine goes Wood stimulates fire, so the liver and gallbladder are organs related to wood, so stimulating wood organs like the liver and the gallbladder would be good for you. It's very interesting to, to lay this all out. Start to play around with the, with the fire. So activities that empower you if you have a lack of fire... And obviously, activities that would calm you down if you have an excess of fire, like swimming, bathing. You know, take a shower. (laughs) Relax. Um, You know, everything, and, and that's one of the great things about doing astrological charts like I do for a living, is I get to see... The, all these different combinations because, you know, no chart is, you know, it's not like, you, you know, each there are different people who have different charts. That's not the case. It's like nobody will have the same chart for thousands of years. And even then it won't be the same. The time period will be different. There'll be different, you know, planets, different celestial objects that we've discovered. There'll be other factors at play that weren't there then that, are, that will be there when you know, thousands of years pass and the chart repeats. So it's safe to say that there will be nobody like you walking around this earth for a long time. And even then, maybe it'll just be you. (laughs) Just in a different time period. Or maybe it won't. Either way, it's highly individual. It's highly personal. You're highly unique. I can't preach this enough. I mean, it's just when you believe something and you know something to be true, you just preach it. And that is that everybody is so individualized. There's such nobody at all should be taking the same advice and doing the same things. Now, stereotypes and generalizations and categories help. They help people with similarities and overlaps. You know, they help you know, the overlapping population. They help Aries, sun signs, get in touch with their nature. You know, 
they help Sagittarius moon signs get in touch with their nature and their instincts, and they help them to cope and understand themselves better. Having that generalized information is okay, but when I blend a chart, when I work with a chart, when I blend it together, when I tell you what your moon and Sagittarius and your sun and Aries means, or even more so, what your sun and Scorpio and your moon and Sagittarius means, and how to combine them, and then how to combine them with your Venus and Sagittarius and your Saturn and Capricorn. How to combine Saturn's desire for, for goals and its worry and its insecurities when it comes to its career and how to cope with these things. How to deal with the lessons that you're gonna have to learn when it comes to your ambitions with Saturn and the 10th house elevated. And then how to add in your Scorpio sun, which is concerned with values and it's very passionate and it's very intense and it's investigative and it's deep and it's interpersonal, but it's task oriented and sometimes it's gets tunnel vision. And tunnel vision may be good towards accomplishing the goals, but it's bad for, it can become really bad for the interpersonal relationships with Scorpio has to develop. For the creativity Scorpio is supposed to bring out and or in those people that it's surrounded by, that in those people that it's doing the task with. So if you have these different combinations, you can start to see like anybody can tell you what Saturn and Capricorn or Saturn and Aquarius means. Any printout on an astrological website could tell you that, but only when a skilled astrologer blends the chart together. Can you begin to possibly understand the nuances and the intricacies and the layers and the depth that is to be explored for hours and hours and years and years? I mean, you're really here exploring yourself for an entire lifetime. And your chart, just as you progress, your chart progresses different opportunities coming up up in our lives just so there was all the potential of ourselves captured in the map of the sky at the time of our birth so there is all of the potential of our lives captured in the you know the seemingly infinite amount of transits and progressions of our chart as our lives evolve whether we are aware of it or not as our bodies grow, and not just our physical body, but all of our bodies, as our spirits seek to evolve, as we cope with our environment and our heredity, as we try to bring forth our character in these areas, to overcome them, and to eventually, to eventually, I would say, become their master. To become the master and the creator of our environment rather than the victim of it. To understand ourselves better allows us to do that. But when we're stuck dealing with something as simple as the excess fire in our chart, 
and the symptoms that have arisen due to that excess. And it's inhibiting our ability to create good relations with the people around us. Despite the fact that deep down we would like better relations. There's a fine line between going against your fiery nature and allowing your fiery nature to be so blown out that you never get to share your gifts with the people or to, uh, to accomplish the things that you wanted to accomplish in the first place because you didn't listen to yourself and you didn't allow your fiery nature to come into balance with the rest of your chart. You ignored the projections of the universe, the projections in your relationships, the qualities you saw being emulated and expressed around you that you liked and disliked and how you needed to integrate and deal with those qualities within yourself. So, yeah, I mean, that's just a little information. I'm just kind of going on because I think it's important for me to just be able to speak to you about what it is astrology actually does. And, you know, just like we need a carpenter who's really skilled to build our house, like, you don't have to work with an astrologer. You can just read about your chart like we discussed. But if you really want to know about yourself, if you really want to understand yourself, then why not work with somebody who studies it day in and day out? Somebody who blends charts day in and day out. Why leave any information about yourself on the table? It's, you know, it's just doesn't make any sense. If there's a way that you can improve yourself, your life, your situations, if there's any information at all about yourself that could be brought to the surface, if there's any awareness at all that, about ourselves that we could use in our lives, what's more important than that? I mean, if we'll scroll through endless hours of articles like I do on the Packers or football games because I'm a huge Packers fan, it's like... How much more time then should we be spending just to get the smallest amounts of information on ourselves? Never mind small, but like huge transformative pieces that can be revealed in, in, in and through just one or many astrological sessions. So that will conclude today's holistic astrology podcast here on the excess and the lack of fire elements and the introduction of the cell salts and caliphosphates um, correlation with Aries. So I hope that that was insightful. I hope that you got a lot out of this podcast. I hope that you'll play it back a couple of times. You'll share it with the people in your life who you know may be dealing with the lack of fire, or you'll share it with those people who are Aries or who may have a lot of Aries in their chart. And then they can benefit from having some awareness about this too. 
you know, every day I get up and I just learn more and I just do my best and I just, I stay honest with everybody about what I actually know and what I don't know. That's why I tell you where the information comes from, where I'm, my sources are, what books I'm reading. Because it's just important that every day we get up and we improve, we learn. And I like to learn from some of the greatest minds that I can find. A lot of that comes through reading, through authors, people I don't personally know, but people that I get to know through their books. And I take everything with a grain of salt, but I don't dismiss anything just because I don't feel comfortable with it. And I connect everything I read together. My brain just naturally does that. It just connects anything that I read to the next thing that I read to the next thing that I read. And the next thing I saw on television, and pretty soon before you know it, I'm connecting mythology about Mars to, you know, some show that I saw the other day. And how those two things connect to, you know, some art that I saw in some painting in some shop down in Sarasota. So, yeah, keep all this in mind. And check out my Astro Connections on Facebook.com. I make Astro Connection videos where I discuss the connections between astrology and the Bible. I discuss the connections between astrology in different shows, in different TV characters, and some of our favorite movie characters. And I discuss the connections between astrology and the other occult sciences. And I discuss things about more topics more related to the psychic side pretty soon i'll be adding things like you know astrology and tarot and astrology and you know psychic i'll keep expanding upon that series and just how astrology connects to the anatomy how astrology connects to the body how astrology connects to many many different assets and facets of our lives So I'll leave it there. If you'd like to get in touch with me, facebook.com slash J-S-U-N astrology. It's all one word. Instagram, J-Sun astrology. All one word. Twitter, same thing. YouTube, same thing. J-Sun astrology, S-U-N. And uh, I will um, reconvene with you tomorrow. Where we'll talk about more elements more excesses and lacks, and maybe more cell salts. All right, you guys have a good night. Signing out. Bye.